You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. This episode of Animal Party is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audiblepodcast.com forward slash Animal Party. Over 75,000 titles to choose from for your iPod or MP3 player. Hello! Welcome to the party. It's Animal Party. I hope you've got your party clothes on. Well, actually, you don't have to dress up for this party. As long as you bring your pets, bring your dogs, bring your cats. And in fact, you might want to bring your photographs of your dogs and cats. I've been telling you all that I'm going to have Tim Link on the show and invite him to do some readings for us and see if he can talk to our dogs and our cats. Maybe send some messages, maybe receive some messages, and even reach a dog that's passed, that's died. So we're going to talk to him a little bit when he comes on the show. And uh, if you're interested in this and you want to, maybe you're skeptical, you can listen to this party. You can listen to how he deals with it, listen to the messages he gets and gives. And if you get convinced, you can send me a photo and a question, and we'll have them back, and we'll ask your pet question and get your pet read. So we're going to be talking about some, well, we're going to be talking about some dogs who are together. What is their relationship? Do they think they're mates? Do they think they're siblings? Do they think they've got parents? What is it that they think there is going on? We want to find that out, and I'll explain more when we talk. And we're going to talk about a caller, a listener to the show, with a Wheaton who's got some health problems. We're going to ask him to read that dog. And, well, I'll let you know later when we come back. So stay tuned for the party. But right now, before we break for commercials, I want to tell you about Earth Day. All right, so we just had Earth Day, and I know many of you feel guilty about some of the things you do with your pets. So here are a few tips that we can use to be more eco-conscious when it comes to our pets. So first of all, the dreaded cat litter, which is heavy and expensive and a pain to deal with. If you can switch, if your cats will put up with it, and you can switch to a more natural one, that's a good idea. An eco-friendly one or an all-natural one. There's all kinds of different varieties. And just try it out. Usually, you scoop out a little bit as you clean the litter, and you add in the new one where you've scooped out the old one, and you see how they like it. If they don't like it, switch back (laughs) and try something else. You might also try just getting a new litter box and filling it with the new stuff and see if they use it. Um, So that's, that's totally an option. Another thing you can do, and we've had an expert on the show talk about this, is make a composter that's just for cat litter. And you dig a big hole in your backyard, and you basically sink a garbage can into it. You cut some holes in it to aerate it, and it has a lid on the top, and it has no bottom on the bottom. And you stick that in there, and then you just pour the cat poop in there with other stuff too. And you make sure you don't use that particular compost on anything you're going to eat, like berry crops or your cucumber garden. You just make sure you use that in your bushes and stuff like that. But it will decompose, and you don't have to be throwing it out. So that's a huge, big tip for being more eco-conscious with your pets. Also, think adoption first. You know, when we talk about recycling, recycle some pets. There's between 6 and 8 million dogs and cats euthanized every year. So go for that. Spay or neuter so you're not adding to the burden of the pet population on the earth. Use natural or organic pet food. Use organic grooming and cleaning products. Use organic and sustainable pet accessories. And the same for the toys. Make sure your toys aren't toxic and nasty, even after you're done using them. Be active. Be healthy. Get out there. Enjoy nature. And, you know, because you're using it, it'll be maintained in terms of 
where you live, your city. If you're a voice for keeping the dog parks open, they'll be open. So be active about that. And be committed to your pet. The last thing we need is more unwanted pets. So do whatever it takes to keep your pets with you. So that's that's the top ten that I'm given. I think it was nine because one of them, I don't know, one is planet-friendly manufacturing. And that's a tough one. Unless you really know who you're buying your products from, that's a really tough one. Now, Planet Dog has some stuff that you could go for in that case. But, um, but whatever you can, buy things you know are manufactured in a good way, and that helps too. So that's for Earth Day. And also in the news recently, on April 24th, Buddy the Dog. Dum, da, da, dum. A German shepherd does the Lassie thing. Okay, he ups Lassie, actually. He went ups Lassie. This is the story. Buddy's owner was working on his truck when a spark hit some gasoline at both of them and his workshop. They set both him and his workshop on fire. So the man ran outside, he's rolling in the snow, he's trying to put out the flames, and at the same time he's shouting at his dog, Buddy, Buddy, go get help, go get help. So Buddy took off, running down a dark, snowy road until he came upon an Alaskan state trooper. Go, Buddy! So who amazingly, and this is what the article says, who amazingly was able to sense that Buddy was trying to tell him something. Okay, first of all, Buddy found that trooper. He didn't just find anybody. And the trooper found him. And then the message got across. The trooper followed Buddy as he raced back toward the raging fire with hopes of saving his master. When they arrived at the burning building, the trooper was able to call for help. Thanks to Buddy and a perceptive state trooper, Buddy's owner suffered only minor burns on his face and second-degree burns on his hands. So pretty bad, but he's alive. This goes to show you the power of the human-animal bond. And so um, Buddy's getting rewarded with a hero engraved silver bowl and <laughs> all this stuff. But uh, uh, <laughs> And the police are celebrating this. So this story kind of feeds into our guest today. We've got Tim Link, author of Wagging Tales coming on the show and he's able to speak to your animals for you send them messages talk to them tell you what's bugging them or tell them what's bugging you so we're going to have him on the show right after he's coming to the party I can see him coming up the driveway I'm just going to help him in the door and take his coat so listen to our sponsors and come on back to the party with Tim Link as our guest leave this party before it's over because the best is yet to come only losers leave the party early anyway party on back in a few hey boy how you doing (coughs) what am i doing (coughs) i'm creating your own life book it's a website that's just for you remember that picture i took of you pulling off lisa's bathing suit (coughs) (laughs) yeah i know me too i'm putting that awesome picture on your life book page we'll see what comments we get And that great video we took of you standing on the table with your head inside the turkey? That's definitely going on there. (coughs) No, it's easy. It only took me two minutes to set up your page. I chose a great theme, and I can connect with millions of other pet parents. I can also create a memorial life book. (coughs) No, not for Grandma, but we can make one for Fluffy, remember her? And we can even put links to our favorite pet charity. And friends can make donations. People can create their own life book for their pets by going to PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com or they can sign up on the Pet Life Radio homepage. <coughs> Where's Lisa? She's outside by the pool. Hey, come back here! <coughs> create your own life book for your pet. PetLifeRadio.LivingYearsPets.com 
Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place with Win with Dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to win with dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and win with dogs. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. the VIP room with the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. Welcome back to Animal Party. It's good to have you all here. Well, don't forget to stomp your feet and get the snow off your boots because that story we were talking about was from Alaska where the guy had to roll in the snow to put out the fire. Joining us now is Tim Link. Author, writer, speaker, president and CEO of Wagging Tales. Tim is also an animal communicator and Reiki master. And uh, he's been featured in all kinds of press and radio. And today we've got him to read some of your animals, to send some messages and get some messages. So when I read this article, I highlighted it. I put it away for the show because I thought right away, well, one person who won't be surprised that Buddy the dog was able to find a trooper tell the trooper to, that his owner needed help and that the trooper was able to get that message. One person who won't be surprised by all that is Tim Link. Welcome to the show, Tim. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you. So I guess Buddy didn't surprise you, huh? Not at all. You know, this just this goes to uh, a couple of things here, actually. First of all, you know, the intelligence of animals, what they understand and what they sense is incredible. So, you know, they'll understand the words that you're saying to them. They'll understand the visualization, the picture that you're giving to them. And if you listen close enough, you'll be able to receive that information from your animals. So I think that's a key part of it also when Buddy was actually um, told to go get help. The visualization was out there. He knew that from his, his human companion, what to do and what the situation was. He went out and got the first person he could find to help out. And I'm convinced that that state trooper was open enough to be able to know what to do and sense that there was problems and to follow Buddy's lead. So I think that's a big part of it. And then you go back to the fact that also they, they sense the things that we're sensing. So if we're in, in pain or fear or, or anger or danger, uh, they're going to feel those things and they're going to act accordingly. Uh, you know, a great example of that is um, earlier this morning. I've got, uh, I talk about my boys, the boys, the two schnauzers that I have. And earlier this morning, there was uh, a lot of commotion next door, a lot of commotion happening at our neighbor's house and a lot of activity going on there. And we continued being a little bit nosy and making sure that we were going to stay out of harm's way. We continuously looked out the window. And so our stress level went up a little bit higher and higher and got a little bit more intense without us even recognizing it. Well, during that whole episode, both when the commotion was going on as well as our heightened state, our dogs acted accordingly. So they were anxious. They were unsettled. They were running around the house. So we had to get back into our comfort zone and had to get back in our calm state of mind, positive state of mind in order for them to be able to get back in their state of mind. So I think it's brilliant what Buddy did. Big kudos for him. And, and uh, the state trooper. They say they're giving Buddy an award, but I think they should be giving this policeman an award because a lot of people would have just, just kept driving or 
maybe called the local animal control, but not got the message. He got the message. That's pretty amazing. Absolutely. So he, he's very aware of what's going on, stays in touch with everything around him. So he's, he's very good at what he does and very smart for him. So big kudos for both of them. They did a great job. But always listen to your animals and be aware that they understand what you're saying and what you're feeling and what you're showing them. So it's very important. Something I want to ask you, and this is from a breeder who sent me some photos, and some of the dogs I know well because <laughs> so the, I'm, I have some of the, the lines, so I know them really well. But I've got a bunch of photos for you, and I sent them along, and they're basically mostly standard poodles and one golden, the golden's mine. But there's been a lot of studies done that I find lacking, and this is old, old news, but there's this myth out there that a mama dog will not recognize her puppies. And part of the reason they, d- they decided that was because they would take the puppies a year or two later when they're grown up and bring them around the mama, usually when she was with a new litter, and she wouldn't let them anywhere near her. And they took this as evidence, oh, she doesn't know who they are. Well, I don't see that as, as evidence. I think she'll keep anything that could be a danger, whether an innocent danger, like out of clumsiness or ignorance, or a real danger, attacking. She'll keep anything away from her newborn puppies, anything and everything that she doesn't know extremely well that isn't safe. So I don't see that as a sign. And this golden that I have seems to recognize her own puppies year after year, no matter five years ago. She, you know, she still knows them. She acts differently toward them than any other dogs. And I want to know, in this scenario of dogs, there's a red poodle, female, raspberry, blonde poodle, male, Vegas, his son, by blood, noodle, and then the golden, Sophie. I want to know, in their minds... Are they related? Are they brother, sister? Are they husband, wife? Like, what is it they're, what do they think their family situation is? I'm curious. Right. Well, you, they will definitely know they're related. There's, there's several reasons behind that, uh, se- several indicators, I should say, behind that. You know, first of all, it's the energy. When I talk about energy, uh, you know, I use that word sort of in a broad term. Um, and what I mean is, you know, we're all made up of energy. Every living thing's made up of energy, and we select whatever form we're going to be in, whatever body we're going to be in. And we're here to, to do our job, do what we're uh, meant to do while we're here, and then we leave this body. But it's all energy, and each energy signature has its own unique signature. So with humans, we call it personalities. We all have our own personalities, but we all generate and project a different energy signature. So you can be aware of that. You know what energy is closest to you. You know what energy is part of your family. You know what energy you're connected with and which ones you respond positively to. That's why you see um, you know, friends, certain friends will come into our lives. That's an energy connection. There's a, there's a connection you have there. So they definitely understand what which animals uh, are part of their family. So does Sophie think Raz is her daughter or her sister or her friend? Like what does Sophie think of Raz? Let's, let's try that one, the golden right. retriever and the red poodle. Because they're actually not related, but they seem to think they are. So I'm, I'm wondering what's going on there. Right, and they're, they're in the same family pack right now, correct? Right, yeah. Okay, so they're in the same family pack. So it's just like with our situation. You know, they, perhaps they don't view each other as family members. Uh, they view each other as part of the pack. So everybody in that household is part of the pack. You're part of the pack. Your family's part of the pack. Every dog, every creature within that, that whole household is part of the pack. So to answer your question, you know, they will view each other as part of the family, and they have 
roles and they have things that they want to do and things that they need to do within that family pack, and they fulfill those every day. So you can bring a new dog into the household, explain to your animals that this is now, you know, they're going to live here mm-hmm. and this, they're going to be part of the family. And the animal that you have that is your, uh, say, your, your watchdog, your protector, will take that new animal under its fold once it fully understands that it's going to be part of the family and it'll watch after it just like the one that's been there for, you know, 10 years. So, yes, she obviously feels that it's part of her family, and even though they're not blood-related, they, she would still do whatever she could to help it and protect it, just okay, like you I've would if you had a friend. I've got yeah. a question for you from Sophie's uh, intended, the male who was spurned by her during her last heat. Why wouldn't she let him get her pregnant is the question. Does Sophie have an answer? How many times? Uh, Sophie's been pregnant several times, hasn't she? Three times total. She's already five, so not that much. She seems to love it. She seems to love it. Okay, she told you so she far. loves it. <laughs> well, she seeks out like even this past time she was trying to get in with other males, neutered males, different males, just she just didn't seem to want the one that she <laughs> that was selected for her. <laughs> well, there's two things there, a uh, few things there actually. First of all, you know, I think Sophie is, you know, you don't think it's many times. I think a few times, which is what Sophie told me, a few times, which is three. Okay. Um she's she's about done. She's she's oh, she's been there, she she's done it. Anymore. She okay. doesn't really want to do it anymore. So I think it's one thing we have to be cognizant of okay. and if if you would like to have more puppies by her, you need to explain that you understand the situation. You talk to her and tell her what you need from her and why it's going to be a good thing, and, and just like you would a child, and see if she will respond accordingly. So I think she's about she's about had had enough of it, to be honest with you. Okay. And, and I think that and the male the male has had several offsprings, is what I'm picking up. Yeah, I think she's just rejecting him because. But the thing is, even though she's only had three litters herself, she takes upon herself to be a surrogate. She'll take over for others. So she's raised a lot of puppies. She's exactly. a, that's why I thought she liked it so much because she goes out of her way to deal with puppies and she's raised litters of puppies that weren't even hers because I foster dogs and things like that. So maybe she likes that work better. Is that what she's saying? Does she, would she rather raise other puppies and have her own or would she just like to be out of that work altogether? What's well, she think- saying? She's she's got a very big heart. She got a very she's she does have that nurturing capability. I feel that very nurturing uh, spirit within her. So taking care of other puppies, taking care of other animals and other people within the household is going to be something that she, that's her uh, role. That's her job. That's what she does well. Um, but just keep in mind, just because you love little babies doesn't necessarily mean you want to have any more little babies. Okay, can you tell me <laughs> why she has shown a dislike of little dogs? Uh, too much. They're too that energy. She said too much is the words that she said. So too much <laughs> energy. It's just too much. It, you know, it's just like having small children around the house. If you're not prepared for that, uh, it's going to drive you bonkers. And that's what she says. It, it, the energy is way too intense for her. She likes to have uh, things a little bit calmer, a little bit more in control. Preferably, if she can control the situation, the better. So that yeah, the young ones just way too much energy for her. Okay. Now I want to ask you about a caller, a listener to the show with a dog named Abby the Wheaton who's got some health problems. Could you do a reading for us today and tell us is is Abby happy and what's going on with Abby the Wheaton in Toronto? Okay. Well, Abby, I mean, Abby is happy. Abby understands exactly what's going on, and I think Abby understands what's going on within her own body. I think that's a key part of it. So she knows that there's challenges within her, but it doesn't mean she's ready to to move on and transition out. It doesn't mean that she's not enjoying her life. She enjoys her life. She realizes there's challenges, and she wishes they would disappear, you know, they would go away. 
Um, I still feel a lot of, uh, I, you know, I feel really a lot of burning sensation, a lot of almost nauseousness within Abby. So I think that the internal um, stomach problems, those things that Abby may be experiencing, I think that that's still there. I think it's still in place. I, I would encourage getting you know a, a second opinion, getting another view of what is going on with Abby. Take a look at a holistic veterinarian possibly to um, check Abby out and see if there's some holistic alternatives. It may be as simple as there's a food allergen or environmental allergen that's causing a lot of these issues. Or it could be that uh, if there's an intestinal issues or, or stomach issues, a simple supplement, a probiotic, something of this sort could actually help uh, calm the situation. So there's things going on still with her, things within her stomach. I would just uh, see if there are some more holistic approaches to take to it and some supplements that aren't as harsh as um, perhaps prescription drugs are. But she's happy. She's not wanting to go anywhere. She just uh, obviously would, would rather feel a little bit better if she could. Now, when you do this, are you seeing, like, are you actually feeling nauseous? Are you feeling an icky stomach because she is? Or are you seeing it? Or is it words? What is it they're yeah. sending you? Usually when it's a medical situation, they'll, they, will, uh, they will give me the sensation they're feeling. Uh, so in this case with Abby, you know, I'm getting a prickliness, kind of a burning sensation in my stomach and kind of a nauseousness. That's why uh, I don't know if you can hear me on the radio, but I have had to take several deep breaths because it really makes me feel uh, uncomfortable. They'll also show me pictures. So if there's a particular ailment, say there's, I, I get a pain in my right wrist. The right yeah. wrist symbolizes the right paw of the animal. So when I feel that pain okay. and I ask the animal, is this where the pain and sensation is coming from, they'll give me a picture saying, yes, this is it. You see my paw. You see what's going on. And so I'll get the picture as the confirmation, but initially I'll feel it. And it's usually one of the first things that they give me when I connect with an animal. I'll feel how they're feeling and if they're feeling good, if their energy is feeling good or if there's a particular ailment or something that's going on with them. But then when I break the connection from the animal, then the sensation goes away. We're talking to Tim Link author of Wagging Tales, and you can check out his website. It's wagging-tales.com. You give it. You give it. You'll do a better job. Sure. It's uh, wagging-tales.com. That's W-A-G-G-I-N-G-T-A-L-E-S.com. And uh, okay. you'll find all kinds of wonderful information on there. So we're going to go to a commercial break, but I'd love it for you to just check that out, waggingtails.com, see what you can see there while we're on the break. And I'm going to give you our trivia question today. Because Tim Link has been long associated with uh, rescue, it's a rescue trivia question. So here we go. I told you already that about 3.7 million dogs and cats in the U.S. get euthanized every year in public and private shelters. So how many of those dogs and cats would really be good in your house. Really adoptable, sweet, lovely pets. How many of them? Do you think it's 1 million, 2 million, or 3 million? 1 million, 2 million, or 3 million of the 3.7 million dogs and cats euthanized every year in the U.S. What do you think? How many of those are actually would make good pets? I'll tell you at the end of the show. And right now we're going to go and listen to a word from our sponsors, but don't leave the party because when we come back, I'm going to ask Tim to do a reading of a dog that's already died, and we'll see what kind of information we get from beyond. So stay tuned. Come back to the party. Don't go anywhere because the best is yet to come. Stick around. Hey, love to read, but just never seem to have enough time to sit in one place long enough? 
for all of us on-the-go people, Audible has the answer. Best-selling audiobooks for your iPod or MP3 player. For Pet Life Radio listeners, Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 14-day trial to give you a chance to check out their service. Choose from hundreds of today's bestsellers, including awesome pet books, such as Bad Dogs Have More Fun by Marley and the author John Grogan, Love That Cat by Ingrid Newkirk, It's Okay to Miss the Bed on the First Jump, and Other Life Lessons I Learned from Dogs by Seinfeld's John O'Hurley, and many, many more. To download your free audiobook today, go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash animal party. Again, that's audiblepodcast.com forward slash animal party for your free audiobook. It's time for school for you and your friends, your furry best friends. Train your dog the fun and easy way with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Teacher's Pet host Pia Silvani teaches you step-by-step how to train your dog the fun and easy way. You get eight 30-minute live audio training sessions, complete transcripts of each session, plus a basic training manual to get you and your dog off to a great start. Training begins the moment you bring your dog home. Teacher's Pet Sessions offers positive reinforcement training to shape your dog's behavior and encourages upbeat, enthusiastic responses to ensure that your dog will enjoy learning. Teacher's Pet Sessions dog training is fun at both ends of the leash. So listen, learn, and laugh with your dog with Teacher's Pet Sessions. Get your copy of Teacher's Pet Sessions Volume 1 today. To order, go to teacherspetsessions.com. Hi, this is Pia Salvani, your host. Bring your dog, tug toy, and treats, and get ready to have some fun. Teacherspetsessions.com. Stop what you're doing and start horsing around. Every week on Pet Life Radio. Horse expert and award-winning rider Audrey Pavia will be trotting out great tips on feeding, breeding, and more on everything equestrian. So set a spell and say hey to Audrey and get ready for a darn tootin' gallopin' good time. Every week on Horsin' Around, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. You're, you're, you're inside the VIP room. With the hottest party in town. Back to the party. Let's go. Hello. Welcome back to the animal party. We're about to take a walk on a really wild side. We're going to ask Tim Link to contact a dog named Squeak. And just see for us what's going on with Squeak. She died last June, and she's a blue healer. I sent you a picture of her. Can you tell me anything about Squeak and what happened to her and what she's thinking now and will I ever see her again, stuff like that. The stuff that everybody who's ever lost a dog would probably want to know. Did she have a yeah. good life? Yeah, you know, Squeak, it's amazing. She, she did have a great life. She, she enjoyed her life. She said it was fun. It was, it was ever-changing. There's a lot of activity going on in your house. So, yep. <laughs> yeah, lots going on. And she liked that. She thought that that was, that was part of her responsibility. And I think from the healer standpoint, 
not only was she a herder, that's natural instincts with her, but she liked to keep things organized, be part of everything going on. So, yeah, she enjoyed that. She's very and, – and her energy feels really good. I think her energy feels really good. She's, she's really happy right now as well. And, um, you know, I try to explain to people with, uh, with her animals when they transition, what I call transition or pass on, you know, they, they do leave their bodies. And then they go into a process which is called a regeneration process where their energy or their spirit or their soul, however you want to label it, regenerates up to its full potential, regenerates back to where it was when they were at their, their peak and who, who they were. Um, during this time, they will check in with us, especially in the early days, especially the early days when they pass on. They will check in with us uh, as humans, and, and they'll check in with the animals in the household as well. So with oh, the humans, can you ask her if she checked in with us? And if she checked, did, does, did Thump get to see her? I'm sorry to interrupt, but you're really, you're really giving me hope here. I want to no, see her. Absolutely. <laughs> Why can't well, I ask her? Can she, will she show herself to me? Because I know she showed herself to my son, and I was skeptical for a while there, but now I really do believe she showed herself to my son. But why not me? When when can I see her? Yeah. Well, she's she's saying she has. You you oh. just you just need to you need to wake up. Yeah. <laughs> <It's> no. <laughs> so the other animals have seen her. The other animals have have noticed her. And your children, obviously, your your son um, is at that age. You know. Uh, what six seven years old when they're still open to it when they haven't been taught not to see things and and to speak in certain ways and to act in certain ways so our children are very open to it and the animals are always open to it us humans we the challenge we have as we get older is you know we're taught to speak a certain way we're taught to think a certain way and we rely on those verbal uh, techniques and and ways that we go through life and then we also get a bit caught up in this little thing called life where we start to focus on you know careers and families and and things we have to do that we close ourselves off to it so we have to open ourselves back up to it and so for you to be able to see squeak you need to first get in your quiet zone whatever that may be that could be if you do meditation if you do prayer work if you just like walking in nature whatever it is that gets you in that quiet zone to open your mind open your heart and forget all the little honeydews all little sticky notes Mm -hmm. on the mind get Mm -hmm. those off of there and then ask Close your eyes, take a breath or two, and ask Squeak, you know, if, if you could show yourself, show, show uh, you know, I need your help with something. I, it would give me great comfort for you to come back and show me something that, that I would need. Give Squeak some specific things. You'll come back to uh, the place on the bed that you used to like to lay and uh, crumple it up for me, you know, warm it up for me. Um, show me show me something that is in my life that that represents things that you used to do, little games you used to play, th- places we used to walk. All these little things are little signs that they're going to project to you, and that Squeak's going to project to you. So you'll know that it is Squeak. So you perhaps will see a, a little flash out of the corner of your eye, you know, a little gold or silver flash out of the corner of your eye, and you turn real quick to look, and there's nothing there, and so you just sort of discount it. Well, in reality, that's Squeak. That's Squeak coming back around, making sure everything's okay. Places what's that she doing right now? Wherever she is, what is she doing? Can she tell you? Is yeah, she, she like? Is she chasing goats? I mean, that would, that would be her choice. I don't know. What's she doing? Right. No, she is still regenerating her energy, and she's still figuring out what she wants to do next. Uh, that's the key. Uh, so when they regenerate their energy, sometimes that takes you know, days, months, or even longer. 
to regenerate the energy. They're still able to come back down and check in with us and make sure they've left everything okay. They're able to come down and uh, be with the animals in their life and provide their teachings and provide their their imprint so little things that they that squeak used to do some of your other animals may be doing now have sort of picked up that characteristic that's part of squeak's teaching but right now squeak's trying to generate that energy up to where it used to be uh, where she's at uh, it depends on how you label it i like to look at it as sort of universal energy other people will call it you know spirit spirit energy some will call it heaven whatever it may be but she's in that collective energy with all the other wonderful energy around her all the animals that have been part of her life all the family members have been part of her life all the positive things so it's it's a good place it's a good place to be now all you need is a picture and a question and then you can kind of zone in on the animal, does it matter if they, like what if someone from France emailed us? So there's no, you know, the guy, to, the owner doesn't speak English, neither does the animal. Does that make any difference? It doesn't make any difference at all. As a matter of fact, I have clients that are, are from France, and I've done lost pet consultations and helped find animals that are in France, Australia, all over Europe, uh, into Mexico, up into Canada, and over the U.S. So I've got clients from, from everywhere. So no, it, they understand, and they will project and communicate with you in the language that you understand. Uh, and if it's not words, it's going to be pictures, it's going to be feelings, it's going to be colors and emotions. And uh, so to answer everybody's question, mm-hmm. you know, if you have a German schnauzer, no, they don't speak to you in German. So <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> British bulldogs don't have accents. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you don't have to worry about chihuahuas. You don't have to learn another language to talk to your chihuahua. Yeah, so. hola. Um, okay. So, um, so they send pictures, they send tastes, words, feelings, all that stuff. But I know that you, know, you do things like ask a cat why it's being mean to another one. Do they ever tell you a wrong answer? Like if you, I know you do missing cats and missing dogs and people can contact you on your website if they've lost a pet and you'll help them find it. But do you ever get a cat or dog who, who's kind of happy that the dog or cat's missing and they just they say, I don't know, when they actually do know? <laughs> do you ever get lied to? Well, we, no, you, t- you won't get lied to from the animals because uh, animals, when you're talking about lying and you're talking about some of these other uh uh, things that we go lying, cheating, deception, things of this sort. Uh, that's an ego-driven type of thing. And animals don't deal with an ego uh, concept or an ego-driven thing. That's a human quality or disquality, as I like to call it. But So they won't do that. They'll want to be honest, and they want to be able to use this opportunity to be able to communicate with you because this is an excellent conduit for them to be able to understand what you need from them and in return what you can understand, uh, what you need, they need from you, building that best relationship possible. So they won't lie to you. Now, will they be happy that um, – you know, uh, Fluffy the cat who used to pick on him all the time, all of a sudden decided to leave home. Uh, yeah, they may, may be thrilled with that. And they may say, you know, good riddance. They may say, fine, right. you know, but they're not going to lie to you saying, well, you know, you know, yeah, she left a week ago when actually she left last night. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Error of omission. Just maybe not a bold faced lie. All yeah. right. Um, are cats and dogs different? When you read them, do you know right away? Like, is it, is there, I've read books that say cats think in verbs. And that dogs have very different thinking patterns depending on the dog. And I can imagine that. I can imagine if you take the typical spinny, fetchaholic dog, he's every three thoughts is ball, ball, you know, it, it, sort of submitted in there. I think certain dogs, like my golden retriever is a little bit like that. Yeah, every once in a while, she'll just stare at the ball and stare at you and stare at the ball and stare at you. Like, okay, we know what you're trying to say, right? But and that's an example of the kind of 
telepathy, really, you're talking about. You exactly. know, the dog that wakes you up in the middle of the night just by staring at you because the neighbor's locked out and he wants you to know, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's uh – you know, it doesn't matter what type of animal it is, what the breed or the sex of the animal is. It's based on individual personality of the animal. So I work with all kinds of different animals. You know, we're talking about dogs and cats here, but I do a lot of work with horses. A lot of our other domestic animals in our life uh, that our children are especially attracted to, things like snakes and spiders and geckos and iguanas, things of that sort. I do a lot of work with that. And then, of course, I work with uh, sanctuaries, zoos, and aquariums with animals uh, in those environments as well. And what I have found out over time is it really doesn't matter what the type of animal it is. It's based on the personality of that animal. So each animal, just like each human, has its own personality and own unique energy, and you have to know how to connect with it and how to communicate with it. So, you know, great examples I've got. I talk about my boys again, my two schnauzers. They're brothers from the same litter. They look totally different, but they do everything together. But their personalities are totally different. One is very, uh, very straightforward, very organized. He, he likes a lot of love and attention, but he's very structured in everything he does. And the words and things he give, gives me are very structured words, structured pictures. The other one's a goofball. He lo- he's the guy that thinks about ball every third third. <laughs> Just in case. <laughs> exactly. it over. Exactly. Food, his favorite things. You know what? Okay, there's a dog named Thump. And uh, I sent you his picture, a huge head like a cow, kind of big old Rottweiler. Is he okay? Is he happy? And does he want anything? Because there's a message there. They think he wants something. And I want to see if you can, if you guess the thing that the owner thinks she's been receiving this message that he wants something. Well, I got a little, you know, from a health standpoint, I got a little sensation, a little bit of sensation in the uh, hindquarters area. Um, so it could be just, uh, I don't know, Thump's age, but, you know, it could be something that you want to take a look at as far as, uh, you know, a supplement, a glucosamine chondroitin type of supplement. A little stiffness there. So I would just keep an eye on that. I don't think it's anything ma- major, but he wanted to point that out. It's a little stiffness in the hip area. He showed me a lot of different things. He likes that, likes to be active. He likes to go, be doing things. I see a, a rides. Um, I'm assuming that he. I'm hoping he likes to go for rides because he's seeing. He's showing me a. Uh, looks like an SUV or, or a large truck type of thing. So riding type of thing is is big for him. Front. He said front is what he said. So he's a. Fr- he wants front. He wants front seat. He wants to be the co. Oh no, that's that's going with my husband. They do things. <laughs> yes. No, that's not go. me. That my, he didn't ride in front with me. I have little kids in the car. He's in the back. I know exactly what he's saying. He wants to go with dad in the truck. There and they go. go do things I would never do. So ah. yeah, I get that. I get there you that. go. There you go. That's the biggest um, thing. That's what he's wanting to do. He likes being active. He likes being part of it. it he's a very, very funny guy. Because the message that one of his you know, close friends is sending me is that she thinks he wants yogurt. Does yogurt. he want yogurt? Yeah. Like he's, he seems passionate about yogurt. Yeah, he's passionate about a lot of things. He's oh, very he's food in general, is it? Yeah, he just so like she you. just happens to be eating yogurt, and he wants whatever she's got. Oh, maybe abs- absolutely, he wants to be part of everything going on. So if you're doing something, he wants to be part of that as well. He likes sensations. He likes not only you know tastes and smells, but he likes feeling textures. He likes being in different places. He likes doing different things. Um, very you know very much. Almost an unstructured approach to things. He's one of those guys that if he was your best friend, you could turn to him and say, hey, let's go to Vegas, and you go to Vegas. Yeah, that's so right. He's just ready. That's right. Very low-key, though. Mostly yeah. he's sleeping. Um, is he still grieving for Squeak? Is he okay with that? 
He says Squeak's around all the time. So I think Squeak comes back around quite a bit. So, no, I think he understands what happened to Squeak, and he, you know, is sort of, uh, I wouldn't say moved on from him, but he understands and he feels Squeak around quite often. So I don't think that it's a, a sorrow thing for him at all. Uh, as a matter of fact, has he picked up any of the qualities that Squeak used to have? Any oh, of the, absolutely. But I think that's partly me filling the gap. Whatever I wanted from Squeak, I can't get from Squeak anymore. So, you know, I'm probably a lot more affectionate with Thump. And I just, you know, he's my old dog now. The, the old dog always gets a certain amount of perks around uh-huh. here. She died. Oh. So now he's the old dog. I do supplement their food with uh, real food. It's carefully selected. It's not just crap. It's not my gar- They're not my doggy garburators, but they are recipients of things like extra rice and extra meat and extra veg when I've got leftovers and yogurt and cottage cheese when it gets to the off date and I don't want to give it to myself or my kids, but it's still good. Cottage cheese, the same. So yeah, <laughs> so he's, he's got the old dog perks at the moment. So I think that's good. I uh, want to know, I know in your book and also from talking to you, you're telling us, you know, don't just rely on someone else to do this for you. If you've got a dog or cat and you want to send them a message, like stay off the road or stop fighting or whatever it is, tell them, right? Look at them. Think what you're thinking. Think in lots of visual pictures. Tell them with words. How did you figure out that you knew how to do this? What brought you to this? Well, you know, it was, it was quite accidental. You know, I've always, I've always appreciated and respected animals. I grew up in a very, very small house. I mean, it was me and my two older sisters and my, my mom and dad living in a 675-square-foot house. So you can imagine how small and cramped we were. So we didn't have a lot of animals around. But when I got married, my, my wife, Kim, she's my uh, Ellie Mae Clampett. Throw back to my Beverly Hillbillies days. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, she hasn't seen a critter she didn't like. And since we've been together for, uh, been married for almost 24 years, we've had a, a lot of animals in our house, whether it's dogs, dogs or rabbits or birds or fish or turtles, whatever it may be. Um, so we've always been around the animals, but that was as far as I, I took it. I didn't know any, any different. I didn't know I had a gift. I don't think it presented itself. At the time, you know, I'd spent 20 years as a telecom executive. Um, so I was a, uh, a pretty, pretty high up on the ladder of a major telecom corporation. And my job was to travel the world selling multi-million dollars worth of technology to companies like, well, small companies like Microsoft and Intel and Texas Instruments, you know, these little, little small companies, sarcastically. But in 2004, that was all about the change. Um, I There was a workshop, a little animal communication workshop that came to town. It was a little half-day class taught by the late Judy Byers. And Judy's uh, intention for this workshop was to spend half the day teaching us how to quiet our mind, how to open our hearts, you know, through meditation, through calming exercises, through things like chakra openings, things of this sort, and things I did, never had done before. I'd heard of them knew about them but i you know i never had done any of that right and the and the second part was to connect with animals and uh there was about 12 people in the class and we had uh each had about four or five pictures of each of our animals and we had four or five questions of each of those animals and uh so we had over 100 questions we had to ask plus there were some live animals there from the host family so we had well over 100 questions to ask these animals and get information back so i learned the techniques to sort of Calm my mind, open my heart, let it flow, and then I started asking these questions by looking at a picture of the animal and asking them simple questions. At the time, it was things like, you know, where does Spot like to sleep? Uh, what color is Fluffy's litter box? Uh, where does Winnie like to eat her hay? And so I'd ask these questions, and I would get information back, 
At that time, it was usually a, a picture or two, maybe a couple of words, and that was about it. And I compared the notes afterwards with the human companion or the owner of the animal to see how accurate I was. And lo and behold, every question that I asked, I received information. And when comparing the notes, the information was 100% correct. So over 100 questions. Wow. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I thought to myself at the time, I thought, well, this is cool. This is weird. Perhaps I'm just getting really lucky and I should go play the lottery tonight. Really <laughs> yeah, <wonderful>. really. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the big question was, what the heck am I supposed to do with this? You know, this isn't, you know, it's becoming more and more accepted. People are becoming more knowledgeable of animal communication and animal communicators, but it wasn't the norm. And it wasn't like I could continue to make a presentation in front of uh, the executive at uh, Dell and say, I tell you what. You know, you spend $30 million today with me on this technology for your cell phones and and, uh, wireless technology, and I'll come by and tell you why Fluffy's no longer using the litter box. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, that that, that wasn't going to (laughs) fly. So I worked on it. I kept it kind of quiet for a while. I continued to work with my own animals, and the gift continued to grow. I started receiving more pictures and words and feelings and sensations. Then I let a few friends know, and that opened up more opportunities to work with the animals. And then we got involved with animal rescue organizations and uh, later became president of a local humane society in the uh, greater Atlanta area, which afforded me thousands of opportunities to work with animals and help them out. And finally, in 2007, it was overwhelming. I was receiving emails and calls from people literally from around the world asking me to help solve behavior problems within their animals, uh, help find a lost animal and bring them back home, uh, help them deal with the uh, grieving process of an animal who's uh, ready to transition or has transitioned. And I had to go within my divine guidance to ask what I really should do with this. Is this something I should keep, you know, continue to keep quiet and do on the side, or is this something I'm, you know, my purpose? Is this the reason I'm I'm here? And uh, my confirmation came through loud and clear that this is definitely my purpose and reason, and I shouldn't wait any longer. And so I didn't. I left my 20-year career of telecom behind. I started a, a little business called Wagging Tails, and we put our little internet shingle out there, letting people know we're here. And uh, the doors flew wide open. And within six months, my wife quit her corporate job, and we've been doing this full-time ever since. And uh, it's just one of those things where I think it's a gift that I have. I think it's something I've developed uh, over, more uh, over time. And I do believe it's things that there are some common basic approaches that people can take today to be able to connect better with their animals and better understand them. Well, I think we underestimate them. You know, dogs and cats communicate really well with each other, of the same species, each other, cross species, but also other animals, people, they read us really well. They're constantly trying to reach us. Sometimes they give up. So just actually talking to them and looking at them and sending them these messages, you're going to find a big change in your animals right away. They're going to be impressed by you. Hey, wait a minute. (laughs) You're giving me some credit here. And then they'll start talking back to you. And just try not to be skeptical of the things they tell you, you know. Sometimes it's, uh, yeah, I, I think we just don't believe it. You know, I have a question from one of my guests. Had her on a little while ago, and she noticed. She said every time she's on air with me, her cats are a total nuisance. Now, she said when she – because I said, well, it's probably because – and this was my answer. Um, and she said even her dog becomes really annoying when, when she's on air with me. And normally they're all calm and they're all sleeping and nobody bugs her at all. But then they all have to be in the office and they all want to be bothering her and they're all really curious. And I said, well, you know, it's probably because you get nervous or you get excited for the show and they can feel that happening. They can hear your heartbeat getting quicker. She said, well, actually, I do lots of radio and you're the only show where they all come into the room and try and get in on it. And so she wanted me to ask you, 
why, and I've had this before with people where they say, I don't know why my dog's barking now. He doesn't even bark. That's not my problem, but I'm calling you to ask you. And they're trying to ask something else. Are these animals trying to get on the air? What's up with that? Absolutely. Everybody (laughs) wants good airtime. You kidding me? (laughs) But you know, they do. They want to be part of the conversation. They want to know what's going on. I tell people all the time, you know, I do individual consultations and uh, 95% of them are done over the phone and where we just have a picture and we have an open conversation and we have the animals involved. But I tell people that you don't have to drag your animals into the room. You don't have to put every animal you want me to talk to in the room and lock them in. It's not (laughs) necessary. Exactly. Because most of the time, if they know that we're talking about them, they'll feel that energy, they'll see that connection, they'll want to be part of the conversation, and they'll come into the room on their own. Uh, especially if we're, we're talking bad about them, if we're talking smack about them, they'll come in and try to defend themselves. But, you know, well, they, they. You know, so are well, they. So they actually have something to say. So we should be asking them. Like they're we trying should. to, is it a question they want to ask? Or, or is it maybe that the guest I'm talking to, her cat, Somehow, does, does her cat know that I got three cats in the room at the same time? Does she know that there's a gray tabby that's kind of interesting sitting on the table and a good-looking female over there on the floor? Is that what's going on? Are they, are they trying to reach each other? They can pick up on each other's energies because if, if they're in your mindset, you're going to be projecting that imagery out there as well. But more so, they want to be part of that conversation. They want to know, what are you doing? Can I help out? Can I join in on a conversation? Are you going to be talking about me? Is there something <laughs> I can say? So they want to be part of that. So I tell people all the time when I go on uh, radio shows, um, I tell uh, my dogs, I say, you know, boys, dad's going to go in and do his work. He's going to be on a radio show. I'm going to be on for about an hour. You can come in and join me if you wish. Or otherwise, I need you to lay down, take a nap, and then we'll go outside uh, after I'm done. And they never cause any problems. They'll either come in here and help me do my work or they'll lay outside the room and wait for me to get done. And then when I'm done, I live up to what I promised them and then we go out and play. But we let them know. Part of this this is communicating, but also for people listening, if you lie, it won't work. Like if Tim were to say that and then not give them their time outside a couple of times, it would stop working for him. So he's actually being, you know, true to his word. He's saying, I'll walk you later. And he is. So you can't just say it. Oh, I'll take you for a walk later. Absolutely. <laughs> and then not do it. <laughs> exactly. And if you're on that show or if you're talking to somebody on the phone and you, you go over by a half an hour, they're going to be in here. They're going to be telling you. So they know hey, time. Hey, oh, they, yeah. That's right. Think, you yeah. said it was an hour. It's, dude, it's been an hour and a half. What are you doing? <laughs> it's an hour and five minutes. Yeah. No, they know time. Absolutely. Oh, time. So when you talked about Allie Mae, I immediately was thinking, okay, yeah, I remember Allie Mae because she was one of the few girls on TV when I was growing up. It was probably reruns by then, but I remember catching the show and thinking she was one of the only likable girls on TV at all. Like any of them, they just, none of them, they were sort of empty. And she had all these hobbies and animals she was saving. And she wore these ridiculous plaid shirts and pigtails and didn't care. Oh, she was great. But that made me think of a couple other things from then. There was Grizzly Adams. Remember him? Absolutely. The guy who lived with a bear. And then Beastmaster. That was later. But the original Beastmaster movie where the man who could, you know, communicate with the animals. So you're kind of a modern-day Beastmaster in a way, I guess. (laughs) Well, I I haven't been referred to as that, so I'll put that one down too. That's good. That's good. Uh, But, you know, even even connections with animals, you know, I'll I'll really date myself here. One of the earliest things I can remember is uh, Gentle Ben. If you remember Gentle Ben. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that was... And the thing that attracted me there was not only this connection this this child had with his, uh, this bear called Gentle Ben, but uh, you know the little uh, kid's name was Timmy, 
and I was Timmy, so there was nice. a connection there. there you go. So yeah, I remember all that. But uh, yeah, I am. I guess I'm a, a, a modern day Beastmaster, Doctor Doolittle, Whisperer. <laughs> I always tell people, you know, you can call me what you want to call me, as long as you call me, and I'll help you build that best relationship possible between you and the animals in your life. Well, the thing about the Whisperer title, I get it when you talk about horses, but when you talk about dogs, I get, dogs don't whisper. They just don't. That's just not their way. So I don't know. I don't want to be a dog whisperer. That's for sure. You don't get anywhere whispering. Yeah. Well, but, you know, <laughs> I guess whis- you, know, when you get I re- a lot playing with them. You get a lot. You know, you almost have to be a cheerleader more than a whisperer. I don't know. But I, I am amazed when I see what they can do with horses. And I know you've done readings on horses. Do horses think differently from dogs or cats? Or again, is it all personality? It's based on the personality of, of the horse. So how they go about doing things is, is really no different than any other animal out there. Their outwardly motions, how they how they show themselves, how they walk in their physical form, how they act physically is going to be different. You know, we always view the horse as being sort of this majestic creature, uh, you know, similar to like dolphins or whales. We we view that as a majestic type of thing. And they do have that that calming ability. Uh, they do have that within themselves. But when it comes down to it, it's the person of that particular horse and that you're connecting with and uh, you have to figure out a way to connect with it open yourself up to it and trust the information you're receiving back and you can have a conversation with any animal out there well thank you so much for sharing that today i'm going to solve our trivia question it's a sad trivia question the truth of it is that out of the 3.7 million dogs and cats each year that are euthanized in the u.s three million would make good pets so if you want a pet that's where you should go there's Every kind of mutt and kitten and cat and short-haired and long-haired and, and big and small and purebred and every kind of dog and cat out there you could possibly think of that needs a home is available. Just with a click of your computer or a visit to the local shelter or a look at the bulletin boards at your vet, there's a lot of animals that are really good, really trained, really sweet. And there's nothing wrong with them at all, but they do need a home because people have had hard times. So definitely check that out. So that was our trivia question of the day. And I just want to thank Tim Link. And I want to tell you that you gave me a tip. You said, you know, don't just rely on me. Send the messages to your pets yourself. So, okay, so I have this cat that's always leaping up on the counter. And I know it's partly my fault. And this is something I didn't ask you to do, right? I've asked you to send a message to the same cat, not to jump on me or my husband unless we really, really cue it, not to just do it because he wants to. And normally he doesn't do that to me. He does it to my husband. But he does it to my husband when he's coming out of the shower, when he's not wearing a shirt, and he jumps up and, you know, claws on. So, so he's been so good about that since you asked him to do that. I have to signal him two or three times and then tell him with words. And then he jumps up. So that's been so much better. I can't wait till my husband gets back from out of town so you can see the difference hopefully i can get him to keep cueing him though part of it's training right if i if we don't keep giving him the cues he'll have to cue himself right so that's it's partly training but the thing i didn't ask you and you told me just try things yourself um was to tell that same cat to stay off the counter and it's totally worked he's been jumping on this little stool that i put up and i thought it would take me a week of taking him off the counter and lifting him over to the stool and giving him tension on the stool and over and over and over and over and over but it didn't. I just told him, I said, I want you to use that stool. <laughs> Stop getting on the counter. You're really bugging me. And he did. He just did. I'm amazed. So everybody out there, if you've got a cat or dog that's bugging you, tell them. You know, give them a good solution. Tell them what it is in words and visual images and show them. And 
It'll work. Tim will help you make it work. And if you've got something tougher, like a lost cat or a lost dog or a health problem, and you really need a personal reading, then go to wagging-tails.com, and Tim will help you out. Is there anything you want to leave him with, Tim? We're wrapping up the show. The party's ending. Lights absolutely. are giving. Oh, that's Not good. Not good. But no, absolutely right. Tell them what you need from them, uh, why it's going to be a good thing for them, and visualize it happening, and you'll be amazed. But you got to be confident, and you got to make sure that you trust what you believe. So go out there and talk to your animals and show them what you need, and I think you'll be amazed at the outcome. Well, thank you very much, Tim. Thank you. And uh, thank you myself for the messages from Squeak. That's uh, very uplifting for me. Okay, everybody, be good to your animals. Until the next animal party, we'll be back. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.